I've been wanting to give a Debar Tefila on something that we read a lot, the final paragraph of the Amidah on Friday night. Our God and God of our ancestors, embrace our rest. Make us holy through your mitzvot and let the Torah be our portion. Fill our lives with your goodness and gladden us with your deliverance. Purify our hearts to serve you truly. Adonai, our God, lovingly and willingly grant that we inherit your holy Shabbat, that the people Israel who make your name holy may find rest on this day. Baruch atah Adonai, who makes Shabbat holy. So there's a phrase that occurs in there that, like I said, it's been bothering me for a lot of years. And it comes up again twice in the Kiddush. Sovereign Adonai, sovereign of time and space, who has desired us and provided us with a path to holiness through the observance of mitzvot. I mean, these are absolutely gorgeous prayers. And who lovingly and willingly has bestowed on us Shabbat, a measure of God's holiness, a symbol of the work of creation. For it is the first of sacred times, the symbol of the exodus from Egypt. You have chosen us and sanctified us among all peoples by lovingly and willingly, bestowing on us your holy Shabbat, Mikadesh Shabbat. So three times in a row in the space of two pages and twice in the brief Friday night Kiddush, we ask God to grant us the inheritance of Shabbat lovingly and willingly. Now, I feel pretty secure that God loves us, so I think that's beautiful. Why are we asking God to willingly give us our inheritance? I thought that everything is about God willingly, like, except the Torah. Here's the Torah. Why don't you be more observant? Why don't you take on some mitzvot? It's, just, it's a constant ring. It's trying to get you to do it. So every time I read and lovingly and like God, lovingly and willingly, grant us our inheritance of Shabbat, give us Shabbat. I just don't know why we need to ask God to be willing to do so. If we're going to talk about what it means to have free will, always comes up on Parashat era, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. So I noticed when I looked in the Torah portion, what does it mean to be willing to do something? We notice where God says to Moses, go tell Pharaoh all these things. In the middle of the conversation, we're in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. It just says this. But when Moses told this to the Israelites, they would not listen to Moses. Their spirits crushed by cruel bondage. By Deber Moshe, Kena B'nei Israel, Velo Shamu El Moshe. And then it just goes on. It's like Moses seems like it's still in conversation with God, or maybe he ran away and did all this and came back. Moshe appeals to God. The Israelites would not listen to me. How then should Pharaoh heed me? Me who gets tongue-tied. So we have a little indication here to me, maybe it's too simple to mention, that the Israelites are unable to heed God's words through Moshe because their ruach, their spirit, their energy is crushed. So maybe there's a relationship between having energy and being able to exercise free will. So you have to have a ruach in order to do that. So the plagues begin, we get the frogs, and they pile up in heaps until the land stank. And then it says, Vayar paro ki hayata harvacha, vak beid et libo, velo shama but when Pharaoh saw that there was harvacha, he became stubborn and would not heed, would not listen and do, such as Adonai had spoken. So this word harvacha only occurs once in Torah, and I believe it only occurs once other one other time 
which is an echa, and there it does not mean relief. It means, or respite, it, it, it means crying out to God, but it sure seems like it's from the root of ruach. So this word, when Pharaoh saw, when Pharaoh experienced relief, respite, ruach, some form of a restoration of energy, when he got ruach, because he's being oppressed by the frogs, he gets ruach again. And then, as the commentators say, he hardens his own heart. In other words, this is a time where he could change. He could listen because he has ruach. He's got energy back. So when you have energy, you can actually change. And when you don't have that ruach, you can't change. And so here it is, this middle stage where, where Pharaoh's oppressed and doesn't know what's, you know, like I'm being pushed, I'm being pushed. And then it's like, I have a moment where I could actually change. I have ruach restored. I have, I have harbacha. And then I decide, no, now that I have free will again, not going to do it. I'm going to harden my own heart. So as Rothbaum says, Pharaoh had to actively and intentionally harden his mind. In other words, he needed the respite, the ref- refreshing, the ruach, in order to have the power to listen, and then chooses not to. And similarly, the Israelites really didn't have the power to heed the words of God, as Moshe kept complaining, because they didn't have the, they didn't have they don't have free will when you don't have ruach, when you don't have spirit, and you don't have energy. So now I'm trying to answer, does that help me at all with my question? What does it mean for God to have the will, the ratzon, to grant us Shabbat, and to, ex- or to, ex- to be able to listen and to heed? And we're asking God to have free will. And so now I go back to the piece in the Parsha. Moshe says, I am uncircumcised of lips. I am tongue-tied. I cannot speak. And God says, you will play God. And Aaron will be your Moshe. You will be God, and Aaron will be your Navi. So if you follow the analogy through, could you then say that Adonai is tongue-tied? That Adonai is not so great at speaking, and he needs a Moses? So therefore, Moses is tongue-tied, so he needs an Aaron? Maybe God, like Moshe, doesn't always have the words. And maybe God doesn't always have the ruach, the energy, the ruach HaKodesh, to constantly bombard us willingly with, please, Lonnie, do this, and please, Ron, do that, and Nadav, can't you reconsider this? And, you know, and, and maybe God's not bombarding us with messages, and maybe that's why we have the Torah. God needed a Moshe because the Torah is the Navi. The Torah is constantly bombarding us. Right? At any moment, they can open up the Torah and say, or open up a commentary and say, what's it saying to me this week? What is it doing? So the Torah is always going, but God is not. But in your life, God is not always speaking. And maybe here, when we say, God, can you have the ratzon? Can you have the will to grant me Shabbat, to listen? You're asking God in a way to be revived with energy so God can heed your words. And that you have the energy to heed God's words. What if God, in a sense, is also a stutterer? And that we cannot always rely on the fact that God is constantly talking to us. There is constant talk through Torah, through the prophetic word. But in our own connection to God, we expect God always to be speaking 
and us always ready to be listening and heeding. But our spirit needs to be refreshed in order to heed. And maybe God's spirit needs to be invited to be refreshed in the relationship with us so that God has the energy to speak and to listen.